All right. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Jack Hallows podcast. Today, we've got a very exciting episode because we have the co-founder of Big Appetites. We have the co-founder of Butter Up and we have all-round legend Jenna Davies on the podcast. Jenna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, keen to have you on. And it's something different for people today because we've talked a lot about kind of the coaching side of fitness. But for you, as you always tell everybody on your stories, despite being a WBFF pro, which is yeah. pretty awesome as well, you know, you're not a coach. You mm-hmm. do the other side of things. You help coaches grow their businesses and run their businesses. So, you know, I pretty much just want to dive straight into that. Like, give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself, a little bit of background, how you got into the fitness industry. And um, yeah, I'll stop talking and let you go. Okay, I'll give you guys the short story. Um, I have a commerce degree. I majored in marketing and management. My first role was in sales. So... Um, I actually sold commercial pest control and hygiene services. I sold like rodent stations, sanitary bins, hand soap, all the rest. It was very, um, very pivotal for me because it taught me sales skills. If you can sell something that you don't like, but you learn to understand it, you realize you can sell a product to anyone um, in any industry. So there's a lot about working with people and reading people that you sort of learn in in a role that you don't really have the passion to be in. Um, but I then started to really love the the um, sales process. And I really wanted to get into marketing. That was what I studied. I got qualified as a personal trainer alongside having my own weight loss journey um, after a very fun trip to Europe. And um, from there, I went into pharmaceuticals. So pharmaceuticals, FMCG, really, we were, I worked on a pharmacy-only brand called Bioglan. And I started there as a marketing assistant, sort of worked my way up um, and we were creating health and wellness products, superfoods, weight loss shakes. I created a health and wellness ebook, like a training program to accompany these weight loss shakes. And that's when I really knew that I wanted to be in the fitness industry. But at the time, I didn't know what a marketing role in fitness looked like. You know, and my dad was kind of like, unless you get a job for Virgin Active or Fitness First, you've got no chances. And I was like thinking, well, I'm seeing all of these you know, the rise of Instagram. This was in 2017, 2015, 16, that this was all sort of happening. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a lot of people here that are, that are doing well, but actually don't know what they're doing um, from a business point of view. So I started um, in the fitness education space, working for an RTO and quickly went out on my own, started my own business, um, created the fitness business strategy, which is how we met, um, helped hundreds of personal trainers around the world grow their business, which was amazing. And then that sort of led me to meet my business partner, Jade of, uh, Big Appetite, which is really where we're at now, um, in the fitness business marketing space. So, Short spiel, but here we are. Yeah, awesome. And let's dive into Big Appetite to start with. What are you guys currently doing at the moment? Because I know you've had some really exciting steps forward recently. We were just talking about it off air before. Yeah. Um, what's kind of the quick rundown on where you guys are at with that at the moment? We are in a very exciting phase of business. We're building our own software. So we're creating, Amazing. ideally it's going to be, or eventually it's going to be a product for founders to really elevate their business online with marketing um, tools and automation. And right now what we do, we have a, our bread and butter is the digital accelerator program. And it's a okay. growth program really for online service providers, predominantly coaches. And I obviously love health and fitness. Jade has a strong nutrition background. So we work with personal trainers. We really help find the their niche. If you want to come out and sell one-on-one online personal training 12 weeks, you're going to blend in pretty quickly. So the beauty of what we do is really capture, encapture, capture, sorry, 
the beauty of what we do is capturing your personality, your focus, your vision for the business, um, your ideal target audience. And that's kind of where we find your brand persona. And from there, um, we say that we're your team. We, we really do do the heavy lifting, web design, development, email copywriting, web copywriting, automation. Your client's results are super important to us because if you get results, you can stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. And so really it's like it's a very backwards model where a lot of um, businesses in marketing and uh, consulting are kind of like focused on numbers and sales. Mm. Whereas we're like if your clients are getting results and there's a journey for them to stay and you're growing your business, then – you need us. And, and yeah. so that's really the, the forefront of um, what we're doing with the, the health and fitness side at the moment. Yeah, amazing. And I think that's really important to highlight because that's how it should be, right? And that's how it should be for clients as well. Is if your coach isn't getting you the result that you're after, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Like, obviously, there are times where, and, you know, I know this as a coach myself, where, you know, things just don't happen the way we want them to happen with a client. And it's like, okay, maybe it takes a bit longer. Maybe we change direction or whatever. But as a whole if you're promising something to clients and you're promising something to these people to, you know, actually change their lives, mm -hmm. then you kind of need to be following through with that rather than just taking the money and being like, here's your generic program, speak to you in 12 weeks yeah. and we'll see how you go. Yeah. I think there's a big trend with coaches because the barriers to entry are so low mm -hmm. in terms of a quick qualification and a reputation and a network. Yeah. There's a lot of people who um, might be influential in their friendship circle, um, maybe the go-to for health and wellness mm -hmm. advice, and then they become a coach. And the, the lesson, the gold nuggets are often in the nuances and the dependencies of, okay, this hasn't worked, how should we pivot? So as a coach, you can create a 12-week program that you think is – solid and sound based on that the normal individual let's just call it training three or four days a week but it is the nuances that you don't predict it's the um machines that are missing from the gym it's the lifestyle factors that prevent them from adhering that you really need to know because in building tech or in building an online business it's those you know, if X happens, then we pivot to Y. And yeah. when you've got that contingency plan in place, if not automated, you can really sort of create a journey that's going to increase the lifetime value of your customer or as we would say, retention rate, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And that's something that, you know, you really taught me through the fitness business strategy. Because guys, if you're listening to this, if you're a coach, personal trainer, or you're just thinking of getting into the fitness industry, they don't teach you shit about business when you do your cert threes and fours. It's terrible. Like I got told, these were the business tips that I got told in my cert four, right? I remember them vividly. It was greet them with a handshake. Fair enough. Cool. Yep. Like look them in the eye, greet them with a handshake. Walk by their side when you take them to wherever you're taking them to mm -hmm. and then sit slightly diagonal from them and you've sealed the deal. That was, that was the business talk yeah. that I got in my cert four. And that was, you know okay, cool. Like a little it's bit of confidence. It's so funny. Like I can understand that from a sales point of view, it's kind of like touch, trust, rapport building, yeah. side by side mirroring psychological tactic. It happens yeah. organically and then diagonal because front on is confronting. But then there was no like, no how do you actually seal the deal? No, like how do you sell? How do you make people feel comfortable with selling to them? Yep. And so when I did the fitness business strategy, cause I did it I was in the first intake. Wasn't yeah, I? you yeah, were. Like you were like OG for the 2020, FBS, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, when you started yeah, 2021, that. 2021, just after the yeah. lockdown, I remember. Yes. Um, yeah, and that was the first thing I remember from like week one was like, okay, who knows how to sell? Yeah. And everybody in there, like there were probably 15, 20 of us being like, 
Nah, like and also no idea, p- you know? coaches don't want to sell. Like there's this element of fear and I think it's really backwards. When I talk to coaches, like I don't want to be too salesy on Instagram. I don't want to post salesy content. Mm. I don't want to ask for th- for money. Yeah, that people true. have a fear <laughs> asking for money. They don't want to show up. I'm like, it's not selling. It's, it's educating. Like if yeah. you have the vehicle or the vessel for me to get the best results and you back your methods, it's a transfer of enthusiasm. It's not about taking my money. It's about making me believe that you can give me what I value. Mm. Like I don't go to Ferrari or I freaking don't go to Ferrari, but one day (laughs) um, you don't go buy, get your car service and be like, I'm not going to pay for that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I don't need it. Just drive out the front door. It (laughs) it doesn't work like that. You know, there's this, there's this need that people have and they, um, you know, I think as a coach, the, the sales process that people are so scared of is really just like reframing that in your mind. It's, Mm. it's being able to convince somebody that, you can get them a result and making them aware of that, you know? And I think yeah. that if you, if people really believed that this whole sales, there's a big trend on social media right now with this, like five figures a month, 10 grand, oh, month, yeah, 50, yeah. and I'm kind of like, what about like the reason that your clients want to be there, the problem that they have and the solution that you offer? Exactly. Like most exactly. people haven't worked that out yet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what you said to me when I did the FBS was you were like, look, Cause I remember I told you how much I was charging and you literally like your eyebrows just went so far. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, are you serious? Like that's so low. And I didn't feel confident asking for that. And you were like, yeah, but are you getting your clients results? I was like, yeah. yes. Are they giving you positive feedback? Yes. Are they getting what they came for? Yes. Do you think that's worth more money? Yes. Then mm-hmm. why are you not charging more money? Light bulb sort of thing. And it was yeah. like, okay, it's not necessarily about like the, you know, like when I paid the two grand or whatever it was for the FBS, like I didn't think twice Yeah. because when we chatted, you were like, look, I can help you get over this fear that you have of selling. It wasn't yeah. about, I can make you X amount of money. I yep. can make you this. I can make you that. You were just literally like, do you want help getting better at this? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And it's like, my absolute jam. Like I love talking to people about this because sales is not some dirty word. And I think it's become, and I love this right now, like everyone out there that's sprucing a five or six K month, I'm like, keep doing it because all these coaches are like, "Uh, uh, it's too much, you know, like, and um, I think most of the time it's like, you know, people, Mm. you know, you're really good at what you do and you might fear charging more. You might fear selling. But if I said to you, Here's Becky. She needs to lose X, Y, Z. What would you do? You, you've got it. Yeah, exactly. You don't back your, you don't doubt your ability to coach. You don't doubt your ability to get results. So I'm like, that's the level of enthusiasm and confidence that you need to bring into a sales consult. Exactly. And it's also, as you said, there's, it's finding the value past that then. So it's like Becky wants to lose weight and stuff. Yeah. Like, Great. Like she's going to feel good when she loses the weight, but she wants to lose weight because she wants to be able to have a baby or she wants mm-hmm. to lose weight because she wants to go on this trip or whatever. It's like finding that actual value point underneath. And that to a lot of people is priceless, right? Yep. You know, like um, I had a client come to me recently and her and her husband are trying to get pregnant. And yeah. she was like, I have to lose a bit of weight to get pregnant. And yep. it's like, that's then literally the result of her losing the weight and having the baby and stuff. That's something that stays with her for the rest of her life. Why? Like if you put a price on having a baby, you know, Mm. look at how much people are paying to try and conceive. And I think that that is something that is so undervalued is attach understanding that core why. And yes, that's part of the sales process. But as a coach that, that woman who wants to get pregnant and lose a bit of weight, 
I mean, I don't know because I don't coach people in that space, but you're not going to flog them with heaps of volume and starve them. You know, you want to look exactly. after their hormone health and their stress. So it's really important to find out the why. And you guys probably already do this as a coach because, you know, if I'm highly stressed, work long days, super busy, you're not going to give me a five day a week program and a no. rigid macro split yeah. because I just won't make it. The adherence will fall off. So you need to figure out what my why is and what my lifestyle's like to, to program for me. But really before that, it's to, to convert me, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. And that actually leads on really nicely to the next point that I want to chat about because something that really I feel helps with a lot of your clients because you've worked with a lot of people in this industry who yeah. people listening to this will know, like just to name drop a few, obviously Coach Mark Carroll, yeah. um, Sean McEnroy, like, yeah. you know, you work with some really big names in this industry and something that they all do really well alongside being an incredible coach is this sense of community, yeah. right? So they create these community hubs and everybody who you know, follows them, does their programs, all this sort of stuff. It's not like they just do the program by themselves. Mark, for example, he runs these challenges, but Mm -hmm. it's not like here's your eight week program. Now go do it. There's a whole group there. There's a whole, you know, community of people getting into Facebook calls being able to have Q and A's and all that sort of stuff. Um, Why is that important for coaches? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's been said many times. I've said it many times. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Mm. What you do is largely indifferent from your competitors. No matter how smart you are, how qualified you are, how brilliant your program is, people do not know how much you know until they know how much you care. So with community, people can feel. Emotion is a universal language. We have a core human need to belong. And when somebody feels like they belong to a space and they're connected, they're more emotionally attached because that space means something different to them Mm. than what it means to you or the next person. So there's so many benefits of running a community that are more um, sort of business focused, which I'll touch on. But I think the importance of community that really helps with boosting, um, building a brand is you get this groundswell, you know, and there's so many people who have done it well, Mark, Lauren, Rachel, um, obviously Kayla, it signs the sweat mm-hmm. bikini, the bikini body guide that she sort of first came out with. Girls were starting their own Instagram account and then calling it BBG. Yeah, and yeah. that's how that community really blew up because they just wanted to support each other. Um, the, this feeling of being alone in life and lacking somebody who understands you is universal to a degree, 100%. right? Like whether you're talking about business problems or weight loss. And when you're trying to make a lifestyle change or you're really trying to take it to the next level, if you want to do something you've, you've, um, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. So my friends aren't going to be doing what I've never done, right? So you've got to elevate to this new mm. group of people. And when you when you create a space for people to do that, um, you improve compliance, Mm. you minimize costs because you don't have to answer questions. You can reduce time spent on customer service. They can support each other. Um, You can, it's organic marketing, referrals, user-generated content. There's so many important reasons behind a community um, that yes, it's slow off the mark. Like engaging in a Facebook group is like throwing a stone in a hallway if no one's sort of around to to be there. But someone's, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, 100%. And you said referrals there. Like I remember again, day one of FBS being like, if you've got 10 clients now, every single one of them brings a friend, that's 20. Yeah. Then every single one of them brings another friend, that's 40. 
Yeah. Bring another friend, 80. And it's like, all of a sudden, you know, as these things keep doubling, and even if they don't double, even if you're getting half of the people to bring a friend, like, yeah. you don't have to be looking at all these outward marketing, all of this like, yeah. social media ads and putting this out there, putting this out there, putting this, like, yeah. who have you actually got? And could they bring someone else in? What value can they then give you back yeah. for, you know, the value you've been giving them? Yeah, and marketing before branding and service is really putting your cart in front of the horse. Like you want to make sure that you've got an excellent service and you're getting great results. So if you do have just 10 clients and you are spending more time hand-holding them and getting them their best results, the likelihood of them to become 15 clients just through referrals is so high. Mm. And not only that, you've created this group of people that will give you feedback for where you can improve your service, which is invaluable because often people try and grow so fast that they're ignoring what's happening over here. So coaches are so passionate about online growth right now. They're trying to boost posts and invest in all these different content avenues. But what they're not doing is actually responding to clients, listening to clients. And there is an element of fuck you to the client, you know, like people get frustrated and I'm like, well, hang on a second. Like just because it's a simple concept to you and -and so-and-so is asking, wait, what's tempo again? Like it doesn't mean that it's, this is a great learning insight for you to evolve and improve your service delivery. So if you nail that, then that geometric growth of doubling your business every month is achievable. Yeah. Business growth is not linear. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too there is it's like, if you're actually listening to your clients, not only are you, A, again, continuing with that value and getting it back because, as you said, referrals, they're more likely to bring someone because they're mm-hmm. happy with what's going on. But B, like, that's how you then bring in new clients because, A, you get a result. But B, say somebody asks me, what is tempo? I go, yeah. great question, XYZ. Here's the answer. Sweet. There's some social media content. You know, I've had this question four times in the last week from four different clients. How about I put this out? And then all of a sudden, that client goes, oh, shit. Like... I asked him that. He's obviously thought that was a really good question. So yeah. he's going to post about it. I'm going to share that because I got confused about it. I reckon yeah. my friends are going to get confused exactly. about it. Exactly. And it's these other subtle ways of reaching more people just through who you already have yeah. on your side, right? And that repetition, like just if anyone's listening to this, just a bit of a sidetrack, the points in your service where you repeat yourself should be like an alarm bell in your head to automate it. Mm. Whether you do like a little mini guidebook or a video on what is tempo. And that way you don't have to say it four times again you know and when you do record that video you put your phone up as well like maybe you record on a camera or zoom and then you make reels out of it and you save it to a highlight and now all of a sudden you've got helpful resources and your content becomes the go-to page for easy to digest information Mm. and that's something you created once in 10 minutes yeah 100 that's something you're big on right like you guys are really big on the automating everything that you shouldn't have to be constantly like doing every single day right yeah like 100 percent. and one thing i want to make really clear with working in this industry there's this hungry goal for coaches to grow to the top but it is one-on-one personal training unless it's not so if you're selling one-on-one personal training if you're selling private coaching and you're trying to scale to 500 clients mm, you know so yes we are very big on automation because you will save time but instead of servicing one client in one hour you could do it in 15 minutes and don't get me wrong there's nuances here if your client has been with you for 16 weeks that smart training well have good form they're compliant 15 minutes how you doing you've got these multiple touch points throughout their journey they don't need a lot of time with you but 
obviously then you can allocate more time to the the onboarding the higher need clients to condition them into being a better trainer but really what you want to be doing is looking at the time that you're spending and increasing your return on investment maximizing your income producing activity and what that really looks like is I would rather build a solid relationship with you and check in with you for 20 minutes on a Zoom instead of explaining to you what tempo is. So what, here's a video that I made. Watch it. Got your question. Here you go. How are you doing? What are your wins and worries for the week? What's stopping you from being compliant? And how can I help you as a coach? Because that is the art of coaching. I think yeah. there's, this, there's personal training and there's coaching. You're not a rep counter online. Yeah. There's more to it, yeah. you know? No, a hundred percent. And like full transparency for everyone when it comes to like check-ins and stuff, your coach probably shouldn't be needing to take two hours to check in with you every single week. Cause that means something's going wrong. You need help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like far beyond coaching. You know, for me, like I, you know, we do loom videos for our clients at Atlas and we do a mixture of loom videos and emails. And generally it's like, you know, you get an email back with the detail of what's going on because most of my clients are long-term clients. So they don't need me to sit there and explain everything all the time. But as you said, now we have resources where it's like, okay, I can refer you to this. I can refer you to that. That was a great question. I don't have an answer for that already done. So I'm going to go and record one now. Here you go. You're the first person to have this. Just keep that on file just in case. Just in case I need it. That could become Um, an ADM. You know, like I just, I actually just did this. I made a module on chat GPT because I've had so many coaches be like, ah, it's going to kill my business. And I'm like, yeah, well, if you rely heavily on content, you know, you're in trouble or you will be. (laughs) But, um, so I made this module to take some people through it. And I was like, actually, everyone needs to know about this. I've done this meeting three times this week, done one session zoom, you know, and, um, it becomes like evergreen content that, that people can learn from. So I think with the coaching space, when trying to automate, there's this, there is an element of, and they tend to be older coaches who are like, oh, you can't provide a great service online. Like it just doesn't work. Well, it yeah. does. Like, but you've got to realize like when you are in a gym and you've got face-to-face clients, you every face-to-face trainer would know. Like I trained with my coach Nick today and we had the biggest laugh and like it was just the best freaking time. Yeah. The reason that, en- that energy that keeps people coming back is you. It's in here. Yeah. You know? And that's hard to automate. Yeah, 100%. So like you want to be able to give more of you that energy, that personality. People do things for people that they like. You're more likely to get results from your clients if you stay top of mind and you're more likely to be top of mind if they like you. And I mean, yeah, like essentially what I'm saying here is automate the coaching side of it as best as you can. Build a really solid relationship and just push them from A to B to get a result, you mm. know, in simplified terms. Yeah, 100%. And there's no reason, right, why coaching and chat GPT can't exist, like can't coexist, right? It's like as a tool almost for the coach. Oh, being it does. Like, it coexists. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I mean, you know, and it's like, you can still give a great service. You can still put your personality across to be the difference making point. Yeah. But it's like, okay, maybe you need to have this little engine in the corner that's yeah. like really good for these like questions that maybe don't require as well, much like, nuance. Right? I have a question. If you are concerned about chat GPT, why aren't you scared of a library? Yeah, right. You know, like yeah. 30 years ago, you want to learn how to lose weight. You can go sit and read some white papers. because no, they know nobody's like, going to fucking open then, a book these Then we days, get Google. Like, like yeah. you, even clients can coach themselves. I coached myself with bodybuilding.com and T Nation and YouTube for a long time. Yeah, wow, yeah. You know, that was how I got started. So where there's a will, there's a way. If you've got resourceful clients, they'll work it out. And I still have a coach. 
to this day, despite knowing what I know and being a coach myself, because it's the energy that pushes me through. So that's actually a really perfect way to say like, no one is you than you to be Dr. Zeus, you know? Yeah, yeah. Great quote. Um, Yeah. And like, I think it's really important that people, again, overcome that scarcity mindset, utilize ChatGPT as an assistant. Mm. It's an assistant. It's a search assistant. It learns from you. It can help you create content, reply to emails, um, plan your content. It can help you work faster so that you can be better at being face-to-face with your clients. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, because I... So I had a conversation with Eugene Tia about yeah. this actually, like from the, the coach side of things. And it kind of went down this rabbit hole of like, we reckon robots are just going to take over the world and everything, you know? Hey, we'll see. But, um, you know, do you think... Like, are you guys, you know, using this sort of stuff at the moment with your side of things, like helping to grow the businesses and stuff? Like, is that something that you see a real place for? Or do you just kind of see it as this like novelty thing that really like, yeah, it's going to help people, but who knows like where it might go? Um, Do you remember? Well, you probably don't. But when the internet came out. I was like, what year was that? I'm going to say like 1998. I don't know. I was two. Um, Okay. Well... (laughs) There are a lot of people who thought it would fall over. Yeah, true. You know, there are a lot of people who thought the internet wasn't going to be a thing and now it's in our pockets and I know one girl, she's got it in her hand. Like, we're getting microchipped today. Like, chat GPT is here to stay. Use it or, like, just become a dinosaur. Like, imagine jumping on TikTok or Instagram the day it came out. Chat GPT is the fastest growing app of all time. It got to 100 million users in four months. It took Facebook four years to do that. Yeah, okay. You know, so it's here to stay. It's learning. Chat GPT 4, GPT 4 has learned so significantly. It's got like 35% improvements on GPT 3. And that's only been four months of learning. Yeah, wow. So it is learning really, really fast. Um, We are using it. We are planning to integrate it in our software in the future but right now we actually do manually write like i will write your website myself jade will write your website herself we can't it's a rabbit hole if you don't know how to use it like you can try and write your website on chat gpt and then you think it sounds like you've got to be very careful of not being biased or um persuaded by influenced by what you're reading so if i said to me write me a great if i said to you write me a great sales page here's an example you're going to copy my example. It's just the way that we sort of work. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So you could get a really shitty example from ChatGPT if you yeah. ask shitty questions and then yeah. you'll end up with a shitty sales page. But on the flip side, if you know what to ask, I challenge you all, if you are listening to this and you're a coach, go into ChatGPT and ask it to write you a five-day-a-week training program using hypertrophy principles with a three three days lower two days upper compound lifts to the a series 21 sets per workout five exercises in total it's fucking terrifying ask it then to give you exercise cues yeah it'll take 90 seconds yeah so like i mean the cat's out of the bag on that one but that's my point right what makes a great coach well hang on a second Susie told me she doesn't have a lion leg curl and ben's got a bad lower back this is the art of coaching. If you're yeah. scared of chat GPT, it's because you're hiding. Yeah. You're hiding something that like you're either not good enough and you need to elevate your coaching skill set or you need to become more personable in your business because that content already exists for $99 in a guidebook and it's excellent, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, that the whole world can find and they already like it. So if you're really sort of worried about it, get smarter, like learn how to use it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So speaking of technology and rabbit holes and all that sort of <laughs> stuff, <laughs> social media. So social media has become kind of, it's both probably the biggest blessing and curse to the fitness industry 
going essentially. Like, but as you've kind of touched on before, coaches are becoming very obsessed with their social media following count. They're becoming obsessed with becoming content creators, kind of putting out really good content. I've been, I've done it myself. You know, I've been like, how can I optimize my content? How can I do this? How can I do that? I'm like, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, let's do a podcast. Let's spend this money, you know, but it's like, but I feel like in order to be able to do that, I've had to get my ducks in a row first with coaching. Like I've had to actually Mm -hmm. become a decent enough coach to then be like, okay, now I can start focusing on this stuff a little bit more because I am getting results and I do know how to program and I do know how to do this. and I have value to give. Yeah. But something that you said to me, like, I think it was kind of like module three or four of the FBS that really like stood out was, okay, so you're running your online business at the moment off Instagram. And I was like, yep. And you're like, what happens if it disappears tomorrow? You know, how do you keep your business, not just existing, but actually thriving? Like, what are you doing to make sure of that? And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. So um, last week I was sitting getting my nails done, scrolling through Instagram and all of a sudden I was logged out and it said I've breached community guidelines. My Instagram was like suspended and I'm like, Oh no. Oh my God. Like <laughs> the world is ending. And yeah. it was like, it was fucking terrifying. And <laughs> it gave me a taste of my own medicine, you know, yeah. but, um, often what I would also say to coaches, you know, they want to make money, they want to grow and they want to scale. And I would say to them, If you could double your business overnight right now, could you facilitate that growth? Hmm. So you're so concerned with picking up more clients. You're stressed and you hate doing 50 sessions a week in the gym. You want to grow your online, but you don't have any time. So really what you're actually doing is going to onboard people into the shittest user experience possible because they're going to feel like a number because you're counting dollars. And so really it's like you want to, invest your time into creating content to bring awareness to something that's not going to generate like a return on investment essentially. So your service needs to be so rock solid. If you can't double your business overnight and facilitate that growth, your focus shouldn't be on content. And I do believe in a bit of like a 70, 30, no, 70, 20, 10 approach here in terms of where you should focus as a solopreneur and as a coach. And I do believe content is so important, but when you are getting started, it's your product and it's your people. Mm. And you, we can't get away from that. Like, yeah. I think like you've got to make sure, are they getting results? Do I have a very clear understanding of the problem? Now, if you have a general population audience and you're working with a male and a female with different goals, they could still have the same problem. The better you understand it, the better you could speak it. For example, highly stressed out individuals who want to be at the top of their game, who works five to six days a week and just want to lose a couple of kilos to feel more confident. That could be you. That could be me. Mm. See how specific that is instead yeah. of like women who want to like get abs, blah, blah, blah. So like really what you need to focus on is who is my audience? What is the problem and what is the goal? And am I solving that problem? Can I get faster, better at it? more efficient? Can I do it in a way that someone's not doing it? And when you've got a good groove happening and you've got the right automations in place so that you are alleviating some of that time that you put into back and forth, customer feedback, check-ins, that's when you, you always want to have your finger on the pulse on social media. So my advice is if that's you, if you're doing the 30 to 50 sessions a week in the gym and want to grow online, but you just can't physically seem to take on more clients and don't have capacity to even really service the ones that you do now well, Create one piece of content, post it on YouTube shorts, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook reels, fine. Um, But as you grow and you're able to become a little bit more confident 
and comfortable and you can reclaim like a day or two days a week off the gym floor. Like one of my clients, Alicia Mears, um, Feel yeah, Good yeah. Collective, if you guys listen, she was in the fitness business strategy as well. Um, she's just cut her days in half. Oh, and so she's just doing morning sessions and servicing clients online in the afternoon. And you have to be a pretty good human, happy person, good energy to work in personal training. Yeah. And I think a lot of coaches forget this is personal training, social media. You have to be personable and you have to be social. You're not just going to build this funnel and go sit in Mykonos, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry. It. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm offline. Like, I'm going to Bali. If you can do that's that, <laughs> tell me. I want to know. <laughs> I want the secrets, please. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think there's got to be a presence on social media for sure. If you want an online business and you're not online, it doesn't really make sense. It's like mm. wanting to buy a house, but you don't want to work. Yeah. You know, but um, I do think there's a tiered system here based on where you're at in your business and again it's for us big appetite it's about problem solution so if you're so overwhelmed so stressed you lack clarity you don't have money and you just can't seem to even gain the time or the energy to invest into what's next then that my first thing is systems yeah systems and processes you've got to have those in place to then go okay i've doubled my revenue i've increased it by 30 percent whatever um, now I can, I've got a day to invest into my business. What, how can I maximize my return on investment in that day? Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, a couple of really good points there to dissect a little bit further. The first one is if you don't know who your ideal client is, who can you actually make content for? You know, that's one thing. Like you talk there about, you know, make sure you actually know who your client avatar is going to be. As you said, you know, is it so nailed down that you can actually look at someone on the street and go, that's my client? Or is it that you've got like 3 billion people where you're like, I think they fit sort of thing. Um, and the second one there as well is that, so I was having that conversation with one of my clients the other day who's a coach. And he said to me, I've got it, Jack. He's like, I've got my niche. I'm like, cool, let's hear it, man. Let's hear it. He's like, men. I'm like, cool. I'm cool. He's like, yeah, yeah, 20 to 35 years old. And I'm like, oh, okay. they're still doing that. I'm like, cool. I'm like, but anything else? And he's like, no, not, not really yet. That's like, that's a really good start. Oh. Like, you know, how would you then look at narrowing that down? So for yeah. coaches out there listening, for small business owners in general out there listening, like how would you, if you've got something where you're kind of like, I think I know where I'm starting to go with my yeah. niche, how do you then take that next step to go? I want to narrow that down to being like, you know, actually at 25 to 30, starting to get into the corporate world. Yep. They're very busy. They're very stressed. They work train at lunchtime. They do this. Yeah. Like, how do you start getting those? I, I want to expand <clears throat> on that a bit further before I answer because I get a lot of women who jump on a session with me and I'm like, what? who's your target market? Who is it? And they go, mums. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is the most offensive thing in the world. Like I'm a specific type of female and I get all this specification and personalization segmentation. As soon as I have a baby, I'm the same as everyone mom. else. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, what about mums who want to build muscle mums who were never into the gym, but now they're inspired. What about, you know, you've got to work on, if you don't know who your ideal client is, they don't know. Yeah. So really like, I would just make them my friend. Like I would think if I had to meet this person, what do they look like? Where do they shop? What do they wear? 
Yeah. You know, what do they wear is a good one. If they're wearing all the latest activewear brands, they're probably already pretty fit, mm. right? Where do yeah. they shop? Are they shopping in Lowe's? Do they like Coles? They want to shop on sale. they got like, like an Apple Watch and all that sort exactly. of stuff. Do they have money? There's like, all these the, things yeah. that can really help you psychologically profile. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Criminal Minds, but it's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. But like psychologically profile who your client is. And the, the greatest place to start is goal. What is their goal? It's not what it's not to lose weight. It's that what's their why? Like what's their goal? What's their why? Um, trust me, if somebody says I want to lose five kilos, that's going to be the hardest thing to remind them of nine weeks in when they're just over it. Yeah. But it's like remember you want to have a baby. Like we're doing this for you to recreate or procreate. Like yeah. you want to sort of be able to come back to that. So what is the goal of this person? Why is that important to them? What would it mean if they never achieved it? Why is this a pain point for them? So this is a important question to ask is they could have a really big ego and if if they're not getting or meeting up to their own standards then they feel shame mm. or they could just be really self-conscious two different kinds of communication one you'd sort of need to take the you know big sister energy coach advisor approach and the other one you kind of just need to be like i've got results do you want them or not yeah. You know, like, so you want to work out who is this person? How do they like to talk? If they're busy, you're not going to send them long-winded emails. If your market is high-flying C-suite executives who can pay top dollar, don't send them a long email. Yeah. No, no. You know, yeah. you want to, if anything, give them a text Quick, message. Concise, exactly. Yeah. So you should talk like them. You should think like them. And you want them to come onto your website, see what you have to go say and be like, this feels like it was made for me. Yeah. And yeah. that is how you make a sale. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And speaking of emails, um, is because that's something that you kind of talked about a little bit to me before when I did James Smith's Business Day um, last year. I think, fuck, I forget what year we are. I think it was last year. He's very big on the whole email marketing and pushing email yeah. marketing and stuff. Is that somewhere for coaches who are looking to kind of have that social presence, but also have the backup of if things go down tomorrow, is that kind of where you would start? Definitely. It's first party data. So my advice to you is if you've got an Instagram, get email addresses. Mm. If anything happened to any of these platforms that we don't own and control, you don't have anything at the end of the day, except for what's in your computer. Well, TikTok's getting fucked at the moment. Yeah, it is. And And Australia government devices, Commonwealth issued devices have banned it. So yeah, so it's really going to see, significantly impact the engagement rates here I feel but only it'll still grow but potentially just slower like it did in America but in America they are pushing to ban it altogether Um, however there are other platforms who use the same like systems as TikTok in terms of how they farm and manage data and we're not picking on them so I think that's a little while away but your email list is something that you own I think it's a waste of time if you've got this massive list of all these people and you're like Hey guys, like this week's recipe of the week is blah. Like, yeah, yeah. You really want to be the more segmented you can be using a platform like Active Campaign, which we build for our clients, is great because you can assign tags. So, really, you'd want to have a website or a lead gen download, something that you can offer of value. And you ask people, maybe when they, for the lead gen download, first name and email, you know, yeah. just get the download, get the info. But maybe you then survey them. Um, or you you segment them based on what emails they've opened, depending on the, the degree of complexity of your CRM platform. But you could send them a survey a week later, offer them a $10 credit, $15 credit if you're an e-commerce store, I guess. But like could offer them a free one-on-one session with you, 30-minute sessions, a disguised sales call in exchange for filling in this form. Great way to get in front of people. And then you can segment 
you know, goal, muscle building, fat loss, male, female. I can train three days a week. I can train five. Yeah. Because then you can kind of go for the busy woman, busy woman workouts who want to keep their muscle tone, you know. There's still women who use that word. It's a, a lot of coaches like, I don't want to say tone on my website. I'm like, well, that's what your clients are saying. Do well, you want to be You've got to use the language at the end of the day. It's like, you can, you can know better. Whatever. Yeah. Like, um, Chris Williamson actually, he talks about, um, what's he called it? It's like the soft sell of expectation or something yeah. like that. And, um, it's basically just him saying like, stop shitting on everything that people are doing. Even if you don't agree with it, like, like toning, for example, yes. it's like, just use the fucking word, yeah. you know, but like then once you've used it, you can also say, but also Maria, like when it comes to toning, you could also say this, and this actually means this, which might, if you yeah. then frame that more to like what they actually yeah. are looking for, and you know that that's what they mean by tone. It's like, you can then change the language like that. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like, you might want to elevate the education of your audience, but they're not there yet. Yeah. So like you have, a 30 second elevator pitch. Are you going to say something like muscle hypertrophy and then explain it? Why bother? Yeah. Just use their language, you yeah. know? And I think like there's a really great advertiser. His name's David Ogilvie. Um, he's freaking old man, like probably from the eighties, but <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but essentially he has a quote that says, it seems to me that you should use their language, the language in which they think. Yeah. Because by time people think faster than they speak. So yeah. if like you literally said to me, you will win your pro card, done. Yeah. I don't need the complexities of all the great coaches out there who charge all the money in the world. Like I just want to know that you get me and you can push me along when I when times get tough. Yeah. You know, and I think that um oh, I completely lost my train of thought in terms of where we how we started on that. But oh with the um social media sales pages, I definitely use the language that people are speaking. Segmenting your audience list will allow you to then send emails based on their goal using their language, which will give you a better return. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And that's yeah, something that we do quite a bit at Atlas now as we start yeah. having that email list. And something for coaches out there, when you do your email list, please, for the love of God, like Jenna said, get the first name and have the setting to use the first name in yeah. the email. I hate it when it's like I get emails from somewhere and it'll be like, hey, jhallowsfit at gmail.com. And uh, I'm like, I have a name. Hey there. Hey <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. And then it just goes straight in. And I'm like, nah, come on. Use the use the name thing. And uh, test it. I got an yeah. email today from a brand that said, hey, test first name. And I just replied and said, <laughs> hey, guys, just thought I'd let you know that you should just ch test, check your settings and yeah. preview this next time. Yeah, like uh, it's actually test last name is my name. Not yeah, name exactly. <laughs> um, it's really important. Like if you are selling one-on-one -on -one personal training and you want to try and sell it at a $120 price point a week, I don't want to feel like it's not personal. Mm. So don't send me an email that indicates that it's not. I'm not paying to be a number at the end of the day, right? Exactly. So I'm paying to be a human being who is given what it is that I actually exactly. want to receive. You know? Don't send me fat loss foods if I'm working really hard on a bulk, which I yeah. never will. And I definitely need those. Because that just might get misconstrued <laughs> as a sign. Like, you know, you know? Doing a bug, like, but coach, you said things were going well. What's yeah, it, you know? exactly. It's like, so, and it's be very careful with what you send to your clients. Like sending your clients a promo email is just, just, yeah. yeah. So hyper segmentation is key. I definitely think email marketing is a, underutilized channel in this space it's still one of the highest converting uh platforms for e-commerce business because mm -hmm. 
you are able to be so segmented and feature recommended products like post-purchase, abandoned carts and upsell strategies are really powerful, which you can emulate in a private coaching business to a degree. Um, but other than that, I would just definitely say like where it's at right now is YouTube shorts, Facebook reels. Like yeah. you can't ignore the elephant in the room. And I personally feel that we aren't too far off a paid subscription to Instagram, which they've already done. Yeah. They've already starting to sort of like soft. Yeah. Like you can, right. you can subscribe to people's channels, but I wouldn't be subscribed. I wouldn't be surprised if everyday people had to pay. Imagine if Instagram started running ads in the feed. Uh, Why they could, right? Yeah. First time in over a decade, Facebook and Google have reported a less than 50% market share because there are platforms. Netflix is coming out with ads. Imagine if Airbnb did a freemium model and put ads on the portal. Like this is yeah. people yeah. are fighting for the attention of their target audience because only 200,000 people are watching TV these days or something like that. So Facebook ads will still hold their place, but you if you had a data list that was segmented, you you would generate better return. And so that's why these coaches who are like, but what if I boost a post for $50? I'm like, what if you just put $50 into your, an hour of your time, banked that and made an effort to segment your list? Well, that's it. And the other thing with um, paid ads and stuff, because I've run a few before, I like to see how they go and everything. And yeah, okay. How they go. So recently I did one a couple of months ago and I, I basically just picked a really good post. It was like one of those Twitter format Instagram ones. It was just around glutes. I was like, this is going to go well if I boost it. It had already gone well. Yeah. So I promoted it and it was great. I gained like 1,200 followers off it, which was amazing. Wow. But then there's the catch, right? I gained 1,200 followers. From India. And it, well, <laughs> I mean, they were from like all over the place. I think mostly America, but, um, oh, that's good. but the other thing is I gained 1200 followers and I, you know, I said to, uh, one of my clients the other day when I was speaking to them about social media, I said to him, how many sales calls do you think I got off that post? He was like, well, 1200 followers. You must've got tons. I was like, at least ten. zero. You know, I literally yeah. got none out of that because all I did was promote a post. Like, what would, was the post? So it was on, um, like, it was just three very simple reasons as to why your glutes aren't growing, basically. Yeah. And, but the thing is, like, people came to me because they're like, oh, the info is great. He's got good content. But then I wasn't at the time, like, putting out, I'm taking on clients. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So I wasn't actually then using that yeah. in a way to actually then monetize it. And also... The people followed me for that post. And then when they realized I start posting video content and it's not just glutes and it's not just this and it's not just that, I then lost a whole bunch of the followers as well. Whereas recently I had a post go like, I don't want to say viral, but for me it went really, really well on a reel. And it was a lot more of me. It was actually just my personality and all that ding, sort of stuff. Ding, ding. Yeah, exactly. And since that one went like massive and that one's got less, less likes, less reach and stuff, but it went yeah. organically. People chose to follow me off that. Again, gained over a thousand followers from that. I've now had a lot more people booking yeah. in and like messaging about this and that because they're like, oh, your personality is in this. You're actually, yes. and then the subsequent content actually lines up with what's going on there. So it's almost like, you know, oh, that strategy actually works. It's not just pissing into the wind and hoping for the best. You know? It comes down to user behavior. So if you've got a really solid understanding of the psychology of your target market, you can then understand how they use social media. So if you acquire based off a you know low investment on Facebook ads a new following of 1,200 people, you've got to understand what they're using the platform for as well. They're scrolling fast. They're, they're, they're not ready to buy, mm. right? If you're Googling PTs in Sydney, those people have their wallet out. So the yeah, level yeah. of – you've got to understand the buyer decision-making process and to go from awareness, consideration, conversion – 
the awareness phase, those people have only just become aware of you. Yeah. It might take, holy moly. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, stop that, Siri. AI is always listening. It's ChatGPT. Ah! It's coming for us. See what I mean? It's about to, okay, what did you find? Would you, what, I'll, I'll take over. You take over. Um, no, so that consideration phase um, versus the awareness phase. So what you do essentially on paid advertising with a po- boosting a post, you're paying for awareness. Yeah, yeah. You want to pay for purchase. So if anything, I would put money into retargeting, you know, put money into retargeting people who have been on your site. If you've got 100 people who have visited your site, actually I have to check if you can retarget to 100 people, but um, you want to retarget the people who have been on your site, the people in your list, the people who already know you who are like yeah. further down the funnel, we'll say, you yeah. know? Yeah, that, that keyword, the funnels. I'm- so sick of that word with Instagram. Yeah. But it is important, like being able to have a good funnel from your content to then being able to have people come and be, you know, paying clients at the end of the day. It's something, um, do you know who Mike Thurston is? Yeah. YouTuber. Yeah. I was listening to him on a podcast the other day and this guy has millions of subscribers, millions of followers. And it's funny, he's sitting there and he's like, yeah, the one thing I want to get better at in 2023 is actually monetizing my following. He's like, I've got so many followers and he's like, I do all right. But mm-hmm. he's like, I know people with 20,000 followers who are making 10 times as much money as me. Yes. And it's like, it shows that it doesn't actually really matter that much, the full total that you've got of yeah. followers if you're not using it properly. I wanted to say this before. So we've had clients, I had clients come through the fitness business strategy with 50,000 followers and one with five. And the one with five was making 500 grand a year. You know, yeah, like you go, right. the, that annual figure is t- true. I don't know about the other 50 and the five because there were a lot of fives there. But um, <laughs> then, you know, so I know of girls who you think are killing it. I literally had a sales call with somebody. She signed on, so I won't say who it is. But she's like, I look at so-and-so and I look at so-and-so and they just look like they're, they're just killing it. She didn't say they look like. She said they're killing it. I said, how do you know? Because yeah, exactly. she didn't know that I've recently also spoken to this person. I know about this person's. Um, data I know about their revenue and I know what they're doing and they're not killing it yeah it's like you know it's that comparison being the thief of joy thing which I've been speaking about a little bit recently so yeah I think um, social media is important it can become very overwhelming and that's when I go okay big breath let's go back to the service yeah what can we learn from the data if you are a brand new trainer if you're just starting out if you've only got a few online clients Call them all and find out what else, what do they wish they knew earlier? What else do they need, you know, and and make an effort to implement that into your service from the start. And for you, if you're not ready to automate, if you have no money at all, make a Google Doc or a spreadsheet for your week one checklist. What must every client get in week one? So you never miss a beat, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And it kind of comes back to, again, something you and Mark told me um you remember having a like zoom call with mark and i was kind of complaining to him the whole time i was like you know i probably wasn't actually saying anything like relevant at all i was just kind of frustrated with where i was at he was like dude just put your business hat on he was like take the coach hat off for a second put your business hat on and actually look at what have you actually got to do what are the steps you need to take to get to where you want to be right now like what are the things that you need to tick off and start doing them and you know alex hormozzi who's blowing up on social media at the moment he talks a lot about this skill stacking that he really likes he's like the most valuable thing that you can have is skills because 100%. skills aren't purchasable you can't yes. go out and just go all right here's my you know league of legends buy screen i'm gonna buy this skill <laughs> and like put it on and here we yes. go i'm a sorcerer now you know um 
so what are some aside from obviously being a being a coach go away from all the program design nutrition all this sort of stuff but what are like maybe three of the skills that you would say that come under business owner that you think PTs in general could just benefit from actually having a bit of an understanding of. Okay. That's a good one. Three skills. The first one has to be time management. Mm-hmm. It has to be time management. I get a lot of stressed out, overworked, overrun, tired PTs. And I'm like, if you break up your day, that half an hour of laundry that you do in the middle of the day, the hour in the car, the half an hour of cardio you've stacked on to strength session, you're not working as long as you think you're working. Yeah, so 100%. in the hours that you are working, of course, you want to make sure that you're managing your time, working in deeply without distraction. So that is part of time management. Um, and then, of course, the boundaries that you have with your time because you can never make more time. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. Yes, yes. And how you spend your time is a direct reflection of what you value. So if you're spending two and a half hours a week on cardio, you could be learning. Mm. Like you could be doing the fitness business strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And why? Like just Lincoln eat less. Bio. Yeah, like, eat, yeah, eat less if that's a concern for you. Like, I don't know. Just I only train four times a week now and everyone who knows me knows training lights the fire in my soul. But I had to claw back the time that I was putting into that so that I could build my business. So number one skill would be time management. My second skill would be sales skills. Now there's a couple of skills there, but I really think it's um, breeding people and listening, you know, listening in itself is a skill, but we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You want to hear what people are saying to you so that you can reframe that back to them so that they feel heard and understood. Um, I think that the whole sales process is actually just about being a good human and building a deep connection and trust. Call it sales or call it retention. Mm. If you're being, if you're building this relationship with your client, you're selling the idea of never leaving you. So you want to sort of really learn the, like those people skills. So um, if you're listening to this and thinking, how do I do that? Cause I know like even myself, I sort of was like, learning communication tools, um, investing in books, audiobooks, podcasts, communication styles, styles of personalities, personality tests. Like I know a lot of coaches do personality tests for their clients. If you do that, make sure you use the data, please. Cause it's yeah. like a half an hour test, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so we've got time management. We've got sales skills. What is my third skill? I mean, there are so many skills that can be learned, like posting reels is a skill, posting yeah. on social media, talking to the camera is a skill. Um, but I think the next skill is learning. Like learning is a, is a skill in a way. You know, we have different kinds of learning styles. There's, I think, three main different learning styles. You want to learn how you can absorb and retain knowledge faster. Yeah. So yeah. if you're reading a book or if you're listening to a podcast and you get to the end and you go, huh? Like, and you got to listen to it back again. That's fine. But like, work out how you digest and absorb knowledge faster. The faster you learn, the faster you'll grow. So for me, I learn and I have a notepad and I write down things when I'm learning. I highlight things. Like, I um, love to rewrite things that I've learned in my own words and I revisit it later. If I listen to a podcast, I take notes. I often listen to a podcast twice, once in the car or something, and then once I'll go back with my laptop and take notes. So... Understand the style in which you learn and process information because the faster that you can do that, the faster you can get better at everything else. If you can learn quickly and digest knowledge quickly, then if I told you in one hour of my time 
how to elevate your business, which you've paid for, you can actually get more out of it. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's teaching people as well. Like if you're listening to this now, there has been so much value in the last 60 minutes. Like pay attention, write yeah. things down, make dot points. Like don't just sit there and go, yeah, that sounds cool. Like I should do that. And then just let it blank out the other side. Like yeah. actually retain that information, which is great. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. Like I always say, and we get paid for strategy. So I'll be very transparent here. Strategy is like a place where good ideas go to die. Mm. If you don't execute them. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't have the time management um, skills, the ability to make sales so that you can invest in your learning to become a better leader and delegate, you're not going to be able to implement your great ideas. Yeah. And too often in this solopreneur space, people don't struggle with ideas. It's the execution. Yeah. Yeah. Be a better executor be a better executioner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big appetite. <laughs> okay. So got the three skills. Now I want to end and round this up with pretty much, I know it's really hard to give people like one big overriding tip like i just read um stephen bartlett's book and he said the one question he hates the most is like okay. what's your one piece of advice for this he's like you think i got here on one piece of advice like yeah but Let's say right now I'm back where I was in 2021 when we started mm-hmm. chatting on the fitness business strategy. And, you know, I had about 25 or so sessions face to face. I had about five, six online clients and I was starting to go, okay, online is starting to, to do well. I'm starting to back off on face to face a little bit. I want to move into this online space pretty much as my main thing now. What would be the first big piece of advice that you'd be able to give me to ensure that I'm setting myself up for success? And let's pretend like I know nothing about this. I've got trainer eyes. I've got the basic subscription or whatever, but like I'm really not sure where I have to go from here. I want to give you this golden nugget that would be so memorable that you remember me forever when you think of this piece of advice. But in truth, it's not that technical. Um, don't give up. Stop at nothing. Yeah. Stop at nothing. Like if you have that as a goal, you've already got product market fit. There's millions of PTs making millions of dollars and billions of people who need help. Why can't you do it? Stop at nothing. And if you have that mentality and you are that relentless then you will learn from your failures. And if you can't learn from the failures of others, which I try advise, read books and listen to people, you will learn from your own failures and they will teach you. You know, they will teach you really fast if you are open to learning and if you are making space to to learn from your your failures, listening to your customers and things like that. So stop at nothing. Um, There's nothing that we're doing that doesn't exist. ChatGPT, penicillin, Facebook, heart surgery, electricity, like unless you come up with something like fucking Uber or whatever, and I hope you do, and if you do, I want to know about it because I'm part of it because you heard this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but unless you come up with something so amazing, it already exists and there's people buying it. So you just have to learn how to do it and stop at nothing. I love that. Absolutely. I love that so much. Jenna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat. Thanks for hosting us here in your office as My well. Sorry pleasure. For moving My around. pleasure. Thank <laughs> you for having me. No, you're welcome. And please plug away. Um, where can people find you? Where can people like get on board with Big Appetite, the FBS, all that Amazing. stuff? Amazing. So um, Jenna Ann Davies on Instagram. I hold the name there. Um, don't ask. But anyway, Jenna <laughs> Ann Davies. Big.appetite. That's 
up for upward growth, hungry for growth. That is, um, that's us. And the fitness business strategy that Jack did is now with the, with Carol performance. So you can find that online, carolperformance.com, the fitness business strategy. It's a really great place to start if you want to learn how to do these things and delegate, right? And then when you do want to delegate, we're here to do it for you here at Big Upper Diet. Yeah, hundred percent. And I can vouch for that really quickly. Like Jenna's kind of given you a lot of the skills now, but it's now about applying them. And fitness business strategy was huge for helping me be able to do that. So oh, I love to hear that. that. Uh, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on. To everybody who's been watching and listening, thank you so much. And I'll see you all next time. Cheers.